Welcome to the Cotton Club Crew, episode number 10. Uh, tonight it's me, Jack, and I'm uh, here with Joe as we are wrapping up the Big 12 baseball season for Texas Tech. And we are actually recording this as the uh, Tech team is getting their Big 12 tournament started uh, tonight against West Virginia. First pitch is about 10 minutes out from when we're starting to record this. So as we get going through the episode, um, Joe and I will be kind of commenting as well on what's going on in the game, uh, you know, how Mason Molina looks throwing on the mound. Uh, as we're doing that, we're just going to kind of have a candid conversation about what we feel like uh, the baseball team needs to accomplish to firmly submit themselves in the NCAA tournament. Um, with that, also, uh, you know, with some inju- recent injuries that have happened, um, you know, what the pitching staff looks like, uh, you know, who we think can go win and where, and uh, we're just going to kind of have a candid conversation tonight um, and basically kind of lay it out on the line. Pretty much what we've been doing all the whole season, uh, just going to keep going with it. Uh, so, before we get into the Big 12 tournament, which is happening, or which started today, um, I do want to touch on the uh, last two Big 12 series for the Red Raiders, um, being at West Virginia and then ending the season at home against Kansas. Um, the West Virginia series started out very strong. Uh, Tech won that Friday game 5-2. to two. Um, however, it ended very poorly. Uh, the Saturday game was one to forget as the Red Raiders dropped that 17-2 to and then lost the deciding game on Sunday by a score of 5-3. to uh, Against Kansas, uh, it was a Thursday-Friday-Saturday series. Uh, Kansas took the first game against Tech in Lubbock uh, by a score of 3-1. to uh, Tech then walked off Kansas Friday on a Gavin Cash uh, bomb over the scoreboard and then took the deciding game on Saturday by a score of 15-1 to in seven innings. Uh, Tech finishes the year. Uh, they finished the year with a record, the regular season, I should say, with a record of 37-19. and Overall, twelve and twelve in conference play. Um, final record at home, thirty and seven. Uh, away from Dan Law, Tech was six and ten. And at neutral site games, they were one and two, which dates back to the Shriners Classic in Houston. Um, big takeaways that I want to touch on, um, more importantly, um, 30 and seven is a great record at home. Uh, six and 10 is not good on the road and neutral sites. We don't play enough to where it really matters. Um, with that being said, I can firmly say that there will not be any other games played at Dan law this season. Um, because Tech will not be a one seed, and they will not be a two seed, um, even if they rattle off, you know, 
three or four wins in the Big 12 tournament, I still don't see them getting to that one seed. Uh, possibly a very low two if they start getting hot and rattle off some rattle off a Big 12 tournament championship. Um, but with again the recent injuries that I mentioned to the pitching staff and um, the lack of depth there, uh, I just don't really see that happening. Um, I feel like this is a pretty segue. I feel like uh, to bring in my co-host Joe. Um, Joe, with those last two uh, series being played, what did you see from this Tech team that possibly gave you a positive outlook on the fact that they maybe could rattle off three or four wins this weekend or this week into weekend, uh, you know, maybe to make some noise and, you know... uh, Maybe maybe push that line for a very low two seed or at least a very high three seed. Um, time hitting. Um, those last six there, it was win at West Virginia, loss, loss. Then we lose the first game against Kansas, and then without a miracle bomb from Gavin Cash, we're losing four straight going into the final home game of the year. And that was very telling. Now, that game that started off, the the game two against Kansas, the one where Cash does the walk-off hit in the bottom of the ninth, or the bottom of the 10th, I'm sorry, to win that game. I think that was kind of like, for me, that potential of, you know, a little bit of momentum swaying in your in your direction. Because after that hit, then Tech goes on and does what Tech should do against a Kansas team. And then they go and beat the brakes off of them, beat them 15-1, to a quick game, seven innings, they called it because of a run rule. And that kind of gives me, you know, not 100% confidence in this team because I know what we're lacking on the pitching side of it. And, I mean, that's a telltale is what we've been talking about all year long. Our bats are some of the best bats in the nation. It's so funny that prior to recording this, me and you were just having this conversation, and I know you're probably going to hate me bringing this up so early because it just made you sick to your stomach. But if you look at some of the batting averages of our of our batters, we're averaging, I guess, on a team level – over 300 and then everybody top to bottom is a 290 plus hitter on this team and to show that record on the road with that kind of hitting that mean that just is man it's a big letdown i mean there's no other way of putting it no other words to really say about it it's just like when you have that kind of power on your lineup one through nine like you should you should easily be regular season Big 12 champs. You should already be talking about hosting your own regional, and you should already be talking about potentially just running away with the Big 12 tournament championship. But, you know, obviously that's not how these games are played and won, and our pitching kind of needs to be on, on par or at least somewhat in that realm. We don't need three aces that are sub-three ERA kind of guys, which which all of us hope and wish that that was possible, 
but that's just not the reality the reality of it with this team. So as far as anything kind of moving forward with that little, like I said, that little sway of confidence and momentum going from the final series against Kansas into the Big 12 tournament, that Gavin Cash home run was the catalyst, I believe, for all of it, if it does continue. Um, beginning this evening against West Virginia, but how it carried over from the end of the second game against Kansas to what it did the final game against Kansas. And like I said, alluded to how our bats just completely woke up. Our pitching was on par and everything like that. So if it gives me any slight hope um, for this postseason, that's for the Big 12 tournament and then anything beyond that, depending on where we kind of land, that's kind of where I'm going to say it, it started for me because up until that point, up until that Gavin Cash home run, I was I was still sitting firmly on that fringe of us being outside looking in unless we did a lot of work here in the Big 12 tournament. Yeah, I agree. And, and with that, I think that's a perfect segue to go into this Big 12 tournament. Um, you're talking about a tech team that's really not historically good. Uh, in the Big 12 tournament, and actually, if you want to look at the last seven games, uh, they are two and five uh, in the Big 12 tournament. Um, obviously, you win in the first round uh, in 2021 against Baylor, um, and this was the last year that it was in Oklahoma City. Um, you win, you you beat Baylor in the first round, then you bow out to TCU and Kansas State. Um, then last year. Uh, you know, the first year that it's at Globe Life, you you knock off K-State in the first round, uh, then you lose to what turned out to be a white-hot Oklahoma team, and then you lose in extras to K-State. Uh, I believe that one went 11 innings. Uh, but so if, if you really want to get down to it, <clears throat> in the last seven games, Tech is 2-5 and five in the Big 12 tournament. Not a, like I said, not a historically good uh, tournament team. Uh, Tim Tadlock really in the past hasn't had to uh, worry about the Big 12 tournament, mostly because Tech's fate was pretty, has always pretty much been locked up uh, before you get to this point. However, this year is different. Um, for the first time since 2015, Texas Tech is not a three seed, a top three seed in the Big 12 tournament. Uh, so, um, very different. Um, you're talking about a situation where I firmly believe that if Tech drops two games, that they are very, it's a very real possibility this team does not get picked for a regional. Um, the bats are extremely good. They're so good. Joe just talked, just touched on it, right? Um, the pitching for how good our, our hitting is, our pitching is just as bad. It's equally an opposite to our hitting. Um, I feel so bad for some of the guys that are hitting, and I, I feel bad for guys like Gavin Cash who are out here having you know all American type seasons, and he might not even get to play in the postseason just because of how bad the pitching staff is. Um, you know, if you once you get past Mason Molina, um, I just. Uh, it's it's a toss up, right? Especially now with Trendon Parish going down for the second straight season, uh, late. You don't know if you're going to get him again. Um, 
so I don't I don't know uh, what the situation is there. Um, and so, you know, we start talking about, we had, you know, we touched on it before we got on, you know, who do we even throw in game two? We'll get there. We'll talk about it. And, uh, but truly I, I do feel for some of these guys, if, if, if the worst comes to fruition and tech does end up dropping two in this tournament and, and misses out on the postseason, I, I feel bad for guys like Nolan Hester and, uh, you know, Vuletic, Coleman, uh, those guys that are, are done with their careers. You know, they obviously they could move on to uh, the pro ranks if uh, someone wanted to take a gamble on them. But, um, you know, it, it, who knows at this point? It, it, it's possible. Um, I don't know if I would say likely, but it's possible. Um, with all that being said, we're going to kind of hit on and focus on tonight's game. Tech does take on West Virginia. Um, the Mountaineers are throwing uh, their ace, David Hageman, uh, who his season ERA is right around two 230 uh, in that area. Obviously, they have uh, guys on their squad like J.J. Weatherholt, um, who needs no introduction. He's still hitting around the 450 area for the season. Um, just absolutely stellar season from uh, the second baseman at West Virginia. Um, their guys boast a pretty strong lineup as well. Uh, you know, their their lowest hitter is right at about 260 ish. Uh, they have a few guys around the 260 range, but other than that, um, you know, most of their guys are hovering right around the 300 range. Something that Tech's very familiar with. Um, you know, Joe touched on us talking about it, but uh, seven of the nine guys we have in the lineup tonight for Tech are at or above 300. Uh, one of them that's not is Dylan Carter, who's at 290, and the other is Tracer Lopez, who's at 270. So, um, not bad marks by either of those two at all, either. So, um, I mentioned, I, I believe I used the descriptor as almost criminal uh when we were talking that that this team isn't you know almost a lock for a one seed and the host or regional um that just shows how i mean in my personal opinion and you know i'm i know joe is right along with me um just how bad the the management of the pitching staff has been this year and and it's quite frankly it's embarrassing but to get into this game, um, you know, we we touched on it. Tech just got done playing three games up in Morgantown. Obviously, this one's not in Morgantown, um, but you're facing the same guys. Uh, you're facing their ace. They're facing our ace. Um, Joe, what do you think could be a difference maker in tonight's game? And what are you looking for other than, I know you mentioned the, you know, the uh, situational hitting always a good uh always a good uh you know performance uh indicator there what are you looking for specifically i guess i should say not just from the hitting but from from mason molina do you need um do you need six or seven innings from him tonight do i because i feel like uh you know if you don't get at least you know, five, at least maybe five or six innings. Uh, it could be it could be a long night. 
I'm sitting firmly on Molina at least having to go four and two thirds. That kind of gives us a little bit of breathing room on who we choose to come out of the bullpen for us. And also that's also has a lot to do with where we sit at, at the game at that point in time. So, you know, it's one of those deals. It's just kind of what we're, what we're, what we're doing at the moment of the game or where we're sitting at. So I, if Molina could give us four and two thirds of, of solid pitching, keep the runs down sub two, I think we're just as much in this game as any other time. Um, I think that, like I said, Molina just needs to be Molina. We don't need him to go out there and strike out the entire side, which as much as we'd like him to do like he did against the Kansas game that we kind of squandered, you know, where he just pitched an absolute gem. You know, I think it was 12 Ks in that game or somewhere right in that ballpark of, of strikeouts in that game. So just to kind of see him be consistent. We don't need him to, like I said, strike out more than 10 you know we don't need that kind of Molina we just need him to get to get the ball the the people out you know ground balls keep his pitch count low and maybe we could run him up into five or six you know to where we have a little bit more flexibility there in the bullpen so um give me four and two-thirds at least for Molina and I say Tech is is winning this ball game You know, I like that, and, and I feel like that's pretty. I feel like that's pretty spot on. I feel like you could get that uh, from him, and uh, you know that could be pretty. Uh, that should set Tech up pretty well. Um, as we're looking at this right now, uh, Nolan Hester just uh, was ruled out at first. And uh, after he was called safe on the field on a bang-bang play at first, kind of an, an errant throw. And, uh, you know, he should have got dirty. Yeah, he should have. But uh, that's beside the point. Um, very interesting to see. Uh, just I'm, I'm really interested, as you know, Joe and I are both sitting here watching this. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what Tech has left in the tank. Um you mentioned that you mentioned that big walk off uh, from Gavin Cash against Kansas, and that I agree with you. That could be a huge, um, you know, a huge trendsetter going forward. You know, something that really kicks this team into gear. I'm trying to think. I don't know if you remember, um, but do you remember like a a series, perhaps, or a play? Uh, similar to like a walk-off or something that OU had last year that really got him going? Because I want to say, I know we lost to him in the in the Big 12 tournament, but I don't remember anything in our game specifically that would have kind of like, you know, jumped, you know, jump-started them to the, to the run they had. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think from their season last year if they had anything similar, but I can't off the top of my head. Either can I. I I was just thinking of of that as you were talking about it, and there was nothing that kind of just jumped off the page for me, as far as something that kind of got their their ship righted at the right time, and then it's just like how you said they got they got white hot, you know, uh, moving moving forward and everything. So there wasn't anything in particular that I remember, but I, again, you know, I only watched the games where Oklahoma was kind of with us in a matchup, and I kind of just let it let it play out as the tournament ran on forward. Right. 
Um, I will say, um, we're watching this, and something that I am noticing, there is a... I think there are more West Virginia fans than Tech fans at this game, which is a little embarrassing, but um, I'm looking behind the Tech dugout, and there's there's the seats are empty. They're bare. Um, I understand it, but uh, it's a little it's a little rough. Um, but it looks like uh, Bazell will fly out down the right field line into foul territory. So Tech goes down one two three in the top of the first. Um, Molina is on to pitch. We'll see what happens. Um, maybe it's just the fact that it's a Wednesday night game and it's you know starting at eight forty five. And, you know, people have work in the morning and all that. But with all the uh, with all this stuff that we kind of talked about, you know, while we're in between innings here, um, what 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 do you think has to come from this team, uh, you know, for the next couple of days? What do, what would help you sleep at night if, you know, if tech, do you think tech has to win two? Uh, do you think they they can get away with winning one if it's against someone like West Virginia, or um, you know, say we lose and then we'd play Oklahoma State and we beat Oklahoma State? Does that does that make you feel better, or what do you think that you need to see, or is it based on a matchup? Do you think we need to beat one of the upper echelon teams? in order to firmly secure, like if one of our wins was against like a top three seed um, or something like that, would, would that make you feel better? Or what are you, uh, what are you looking to see from tech? As I look at it right now, you win, you win against West Virginia tonight, right? You saw what the RPI, what it did for us when we beat them the first game, in Morgantown in our series, I think we jumped from like a 58 to like a 41 kind of deal. It makes me sleep a little bit better if we do beat West Virginia and then if we happen to lose to Oklahoma State or whatnot. But if we still have a quality W on our on the Big 12 resume. I still think that kind of ends up, has us ending up in like a Fayetteville or Baton Rouge kind of place, you know, one of those places you don't want to play at. But I mean, that's kind of just what you're going to have. Those are the cards that you've dealt yourself or that's how you played your hand. And that's what, what it's gotten us. Now, if you go out and you win against West Virginia and you win against an Oklahoma, you know, a team that you beat in the regular season, and then you go and either win or you lose in that third game, whatever the case may be, then, you know, I, I see us firmly being a three seed somewhere in a regional that we could compete in. Now, you know, it just kind of depends on what we see from Molina. I see him, I see him loading up on the mound right now. He looks fairly confident. His body language looks good. So, I mean, a lot of it's going to, and I don't, I hate to put it on just any particular player or anything like that, but a lot's riding on his shoulders tonight, you know, as far as postseason goes for, um, this Red Raider ball team on where we may end up in the um, comp or in the NCAA tournament. No, you know, I, I firmly agree. I think that um, whether he knows it or not, and you know, he probably does. He's not an idiot. He he knows what the other what the other pitchers, the product they've shown, 
for the season. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, he knows how much he's riding on this. I, I, I think the one thing that we've seen um, that does, it doesn't bother me, but it, but it a little, I think, worries me would be a better uh, way to describe it. There are times where, um, I think there are times when Mason tries to overpitch and and you know maybe holds on to the ball a little too long or just tries to locate it perfectly and the ball slips away uh in in baseball you know you and I would call it you know just over pitching uh just trying too hard to throw strikes like i mentioned he's already off off to a 3 and 0 count on the leadoff guy um i think the second pitch would have been a strike if hudson white would have caught it but um so he walks four pitches. So their their first guy's on base. Um, not a good start. But again, like I said, I think there are times when Mason Molina f- just tries to do too much, and um, it's pretty obvious when that is. You know, you could say that about a lot of text pitching, and then, I mean that could kind of go hand in hand with the youth. You know, because yeah, I mean that, if you've ever pitched or played baseball or anything like that before i mean it's easy it's just like it's easy whenever you're on a hot streak you just your your precision and your you're pinpointing it you're putting it every time you're hitting your spots and you know things are just going your way but i also feel like in the same regard that like you know is the moment too big for some of these guys you know and a lot of it also could be confidence, you know, how quick some of these these guys are in there pitching and then they make one bad, bad pitch and you're getting the hook. I mean, that can't be good for anybody's confidence, right? I mean, it just I mean, there's little confidence from the coaching staff. So every time you get put into the game, now you've already kind of put that own pressure on your back that you have to be perfect to stay in the game and you don't necessarily have to do that. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, you know, talking about it, you remember, you remember coming into the year when we were talking about, uh, you know, how Tech had a lot more speed this year, and we were talking about how how they could take advantage of stuff on the base pass. Man, and we that, haven't used that, it. I was gonna say that never happened, did it? We never. I mean, we're just not a running team, and I mean, and the thing is, you have the talent. You have the talent to do it, and. Like I said, I've been I've been super critical of everything this year, and um, it's but no secret. It, yeah, I mean, and it's yeah, no but secret. That's kind of like how you get inside a pitcher's head, though. You knowing that you have that kind of speed out on the base pass, and not saying that Jarek wasn't ready because I don't know the reason why he hasn't been played as much as as Gage. Obviously, Gage has kind of taken his his time, and then he's kind of done the most with his with his opportunities but i don't i don't think Jarrett got his fair fair shot at you know the same as gage did and that guy i mean between gage and Jarrett, i mean you have two of the fastest dudes coming out of high school coming to your your university and you're not using that you know at any point in time to your to your benefit i mean that just kind of it's like, what did he do or what is he not doing? Is it not, is it his batting, you know, or is it, you know, something else? But you have game-changing speed like Jarrett Curtis has, and you just sit, have it sitting over there. It's kind of like watching a world-class athlete not being put in a 4 by 100 relay. 
Like, yeah, I think I think you have to. I think you have to at this point, honestly, sit him down and say, "Look, with Hester and Vulatic being gone, um, there's a very real possibility that he slots in." Um, right. I think I think all of, all of this really does, however, depend on um, it depends on Owen Washburn's future at Tech. Um, right. And again, we don't know everything that goes on behind the scenes, um, but there it's a very nuanced thing because uh, you know Joe and I touched on it in the last episode um, that we were talking about this, but. It's a very real possibility that if Owen Washburn decides to enter the transfer portal, you also lose Jack Washburn in the process. Yep. So, um, and then, so you're losing one of the guys that you had banked on to be a very big piece of your pitching rotation, not just this season, but for next season also, um, in the, in one, you know, big swoop. So, um, I'm very interested to see how, uh, tech goes about it. Um, I, I I honestly think that I really do like Owen Washburn as a player. I, I think he's outstanding, and good I player. think yeah, and I think he's I think he's really good. Um, I think you have to have a conversation maybe about uh, you know throwing Jarrett Curtis possibly at DH. Um, I just think that Owen Washburn's glove in the outfield is too good to have him in a DH spot. Maybe you swap right. him. At, maybe you swap him out and have, um, you know, Washburn playing in the field for two games and Curtis DHing for two games, and then maybe for like either the Saturday game or, or the Sunday game, uh, you know, you you swap him or something. You know, just get just get Jarek some some experience out in the field, right? Um, because if he's if he's if he's with us next year, which you know. You know, crossing my fingers, God willing, yeah. he's with us because, you know, obviously the kind of recruit he was coming out of high school and coming to us, I mean, and not being able to play like, you know, he probably wanted to, um, you know, sometimes that steers guys away from a university. So I hope if he stays with us, I mean, I hope he really gets his chance because he's more than deserving of a chance based on what he's done out of high school. And then even from the early reports of what he was doing in the spring camp portion of it or prior to the season starting you know he was kind of you know he was vying for a starting job at one point in time him and yeah. gage yeah so um i i think it's a very real possibility um I, and you know there's different stuff that might happen in between now you know tech has a fresh batch of recruits coming in for next uh season as well um but I think it's a very real possibility you see um, you see guys like or an outfield consisting of Washburn, Carter, and Harrelson, and possibly Curtis at DH, and or you know uh, Harrel, uh, Jarrett Curtis, Carter, Harrelson, and maybe Washburn in the DH, or you know some sort of you know uh, you know some sort of you know combination of the four combination of the four so um i think that's very possible and um i'm very interested also to see what happens in the infield in this offseason um because 
the infield, you know, realistically should stay the same. Uh, you you don't have any seniors. Nope. Um, all the guys are too young to hit the draft, and so you're starting to look at you know these all these guys have a ton of experience. Uh, you're I mean your elder obviously is going to be Austin Green, um, but people forget uh, there's a guy who had a starting day spot locked up, but got hurt and didn't play a single game this year in Travis Sanders. Yep. So um, you're talking about a guy that beat out Lopez and Will Burns for a starting spot and then got hurt and took a medical red shirt this year. So um, that's a very interesting piece of the puzzle. And like I mentioned, all of this going with also having Cade McGar there, you know, will Cade McGar be back at tech next year? I don't know. I think he's a solid talent too. At this point, anyone that's in the field in my mind is a solid talent. Uh, right. You don't, you don't get, you don't get recruited to Texas tech because you're, you know, because you're middle of the pack. Um, you got some studs sitting on that bench. Yeah. Right now. Absolutely. You got a lot of them. Um, you know, and I think that I think, and with the, with that being said, you know, you recruit a lot of high end talent, right? There are going to be guys that leave because, like we, you know, you and I have touched on this. There are nine spots on a field. You can't get everyone in, and you know, there are going to be guys that beat out other guys for playing time. Um, again, I would firmly. I think the first person in this offseason that I would sit down is Jarrett Curtis. Um, you know, Washburn Washburn knows that he could probably beat or win out a spot back in that outfield. Um, but I think that there's a way you can do it to keep all of them. Right. And and I think it's very real, especially since um, especially since your two guys who have been the DH for most of the year. Um, are graduating. So um, I think it's very possible to pull that off. And I'm really interested to see if they can do it. Um, yeah. And also just to touch on, I don't know if you saw it, the, us, getting out, of that, yes. us getting out of that inning. So um, only downside of that inning, I guess, would be pitch count. I think he was up towards 22 I think I had I had him at I think I had him at twenty four or twenty five. Oh, okay. So yeah, so. yeah. So you're you're right in there, but yeah, that's um, I had him I think at twenty four. So uh, we'll see. We'll um, just we'll just monitor that. I mean, we got their biggest dog out with a pop out. So I mean, that's got to do something for you that you. I mean, you're not going to keep him down all game, but you don't want to have him batting with with guys on base. And we had second and third with you know two walks in there and a pass ball. So. We got out of it, so we just, like I said, we just need him to, to stay more consistent. It seemed like on the back end of of his starting, he started, you know, hitting the strike zone, hitting his spots and things like that. So hopefully that's just a telltale sign for the rest of the game. So Yeah, you, I mean, you and I talked about pitch location, right? Um, right. So I have it here, uh, first inning for him, uh, 24 total pitches of the 24, 10 strikes. Mm. So... Um, you know, not ideal, but no damage done. So, uh, I think you, I think you can, you'll take that with no runs coming across. Um, 
on the other on the other side, you got to get to him. He's got like yeah, ten, I think. Yeah, on the other side, uh, you know, uh, Tech's got to do better at extending counts. Uh, you know, working deep work. in the count. Um, Hageman has thrown six pitches, so um, that's not going to cut it. Um, nope, they, not for their ace. <laughs> yeah, so um, definitely have to extend those into uh, deeper, deeper at bats. Um, but again, you know, I, I think to touch on, I, I do think that realistically, one win has to has to be had in this. I I, I truly think that if if Tech does not pull out a win in this, I I, I find it hard to see a situation that they go to the tournament especially losing we would be losing to west virginia and oklahoma state um you know i think that uh like i said i think that pretty much anything is possible uh but um while so so just to touch on that right i mean just just play worst case scenario right does if tech fails to make the ncaa tournament you know, which is a big if, you know, that's just how it rolls. But does the Gardner conversation happen this offseason if that happens? I think it does. I think it force. I think if anything, it forces your hand, right? It has to. You sit there and you review a body of work after the year where seven of your nine guys that you put in the lineup in the Big 12 tournament are hitting over 300. One of the two that's not is hitting 290. So he's right there. Uh, you're talking about setting out a lineup where eight out of nine guys essentially are hitting over 300 hitting at or over 300 and you are 500 in conference play and uh you know four games under 500 away from home um you know when when we talked about this earlier in the year we said this is such a favorable schedule because tech only played 16 away games to 37 home games the strength of, the strength of schedule was terrible so you figured that tech you know could at least be somewhere around the 14 or 15 loss range maybe uh, right. in a poor, in a poor situation you, we right. thought worst worst case scenario we'd be at ar- around 15 losses uh, you know, but here we sit, first game of the Big 12 tournament, and we're one loss away from 20. So um, that was a great at bat by Green right there, a, a six pitch walk. Um, but um, you know, this is this is the th- that, and that's been the thing, and I think that that's what um, I think that's what forces the hand, right? It has to because. Uh, with any sort of competent pitching, period, uh, this team is a top three seed in the Big Twelve, and you know is comfortably in comfortably in the hosting uh, hosting host- a regional. Yeah, I would say I would say close to hosting. You know, maybe on the bubble situation when it comes to hosting, not the bubble for the tournament, right. but on the hosting bubble. So. You know, I I think that, um, yeah, and and you know, they're gonna be the people. Oh, you know, they have injuries, and you know, you, you we've we've you know 
thrown our hands up at the injury excuse because right. you, I know you, neither you or I like it. Oh no. Uh, broken record, man. It's yeah, I mean, absolutely. Let's just come on. Let's just, let's just really cut to the chase. Let's really find the root of this problem. I mean, nothing against Gardner or him as a man or any, like personally, it's just that he hasn't been getting the job done with our pitchers in the story. Yeah. And if, if you can't accept that as a tech fan, then you're not really watching this tech team because it's, you, it's a broken, it's a, our, our saying, you know, the broken record, like, come on now, we got to find, if we're going to say and start blaming it on something, then we got to find something else to blame it on other than just, oh, an injury here, or an injury there. Like, come on, that's just, that's just a cop out to me, you know. You got to swing the bat there. Uh, all right. Um, but yeah, no, I agree 100%. And um, I just think that. Um, I, I truly do think that if you don't make the postseason, I think it forces your hand to you answer to. your question. I, you I think to. it does. And, uh, and I think that, uh, like I said, you and if you and I know this, they know it. So I, I don't think it would be something that is totally, um, you know, out of left field if that were to happen. Um, you know, I'm holding my breath for that. It might happen even if they make the postseason. Um, I, I think I think that you know the relationship has run its course, and I think that um, you know, like I said, no disrespect to him as a person, um, as a human being. Um, but to be quite honest, I think that um, what truly happened. I, I think that you start throwing out lifetime contracts. And I think that assistant coaches get a little too comfortable in, in what they're doing and where they are. And I think, I mean, and again, no, no, uh, you know, personal attacks or anything. I just think that he's gotten lazy with the pitching staff. I really do. Right. I think, I think that, I think that you thought you were a lot better off than you truly were. And I think it's been truly, you know, a uh, gross mismanagement of it. I, I, I think, I think that that's uh you think just, that you think also that Gardner's looking at some of these guys that we're bringing in and thinking that talent will just prevail over coaching talent. Yeah, I think to an extent. I mean, you can definitely make that argument, right? Like you like you brought in guys like uh I mean, I I'm not saying Trendon Parrish has underperformed at all, but right. you've gotten to a point where you've run Trendon Parrish into the ground. He's been hurt the past few seasons because you overthrew him. Right. So um, I think that that's pretty fairly obvious as well. And and I think that it's also fairly obvious that um, there are also guys that haven't panned out to be what you thought they would be. Um, not for a lack of trying, needless to say. Uh, you've thrown guys like Andrew Devine. I mean, you've almost run Andrew Devine into the ground. Um but, you know, they're going to keep trotting him out there with the 8 ERA because I don't know what the deal is with that. But, again, when we're talking about this, again, we just want to mention, you know, there's no disrespect to these guys as people. Not at all. Um, Zero. And, and, you know, great character off the field, as I know, is a main thing when it comes to recruiting for tech baseball. Um, so, again, just purely sp- based on performance and everything. Um, but again, you're you're getting to a point where I think it's fairly obvious 
and that a change needs to be made. Um, the question is, will it? And, you know, how long can you do this year after year? Score. Score. Get there. All right. Okay, Tech's up one nothing in the top of the second on an RBI single to right field by Hudson White. Puts runners on first and third with one out in the top of the second. Dylan Carter coming up to bat. Another lefty. And, um, but anyway, with that being said, you know, I, I think that, um, I think that there are guys that, you know, they definitely thought were going to pan out. They just didn't. Um, and I think like that mixed with some of the injuries, again, not giving that weight because everyone has injuries, right, but I think, but- I think they've gotten really unlucky with injuries. Yeah. As because, speaking, I mean- speaking of injuries, Dylan Carter just got hit in the shin with a fastball. So, uh, someone who's speaking of someone who's very injury prone, it seems. Right. Guess what? We got Jarrett Curtis put him out there. He could. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Um. But yeah. So. Uh, I think that. Well, that and with that hit by pitch, the bases are now loaded for Tracer Lopez. Um. But you know, I think that. Um, I think that all of it compounds, and and I just think that, and I don't know if how what your thoughts are on it. Um, does that go, roll into the whole category of mismanagement of the roster? I don't know. You can only a- do so. You can only do so much as a coach, right? You know, right. but but at the same time, uh, some of these guys do need coaching. They're all the guys that are coming in. Um, to Lovick, you know, are you know top of the line starters at their high school. They're not used to coming out of the bullpen. They're not used to coming in with runners on base and having to start, you know, with in a situational s- stuff like that. You know, some of those guys haven't done it since they were in, you know, uh, since they were in uh, the step above little league, you know, uh, junior league. So. A lot of it also is just like, I mean, talent wise, I mean, some of these guys, you know, are pitching in their schools, but I mean, the talent for talent kind of just weighs itself. It's just like, you're just that much better than what you're facing. And that's just the nature of it. Yeah, I agree. And and I think, I think you really see that in guys that are coming from, you know, two and three A schools, not saying that since these guys are, you know, district MVPs, but you're at a three A school. Right. Yeah, nothing against three A schools. You're not playing against the the talent that are at the six A level. Right. Uh, just like just like the argument for I mean, this is a different sport, but I mean it's the same exact concept. The whole Arch Manning thing, right? You know, his school in Louisiana would have only been a three A school in Texas, you know. So who was he really facing to be the number one or number two rated prospect out of, you know, the entire landscape of of call or high school football it's the same same kind of concept it's just like you know the what they're playing against just isn't on par with some of these other levels that we have out there yeah absolutely you're absolutely right damn we needed that one tracer lopez strikes out 
two outs with the bases loaded here in the top of the second. They have been listening to us, Joe, because Hageman is now at 33 pitches, so he's had uh, about 27 this inning. So um, great job by Tech at least making him work for a little bit. And they've gotten one run across already, so we'll see. And then that kind of gives Molina a chance to – to sit back, you know, now he's got a little bit of support. Now he could calm the nerves a little bit. Hey, I got a lead. All I have to do is protect it now. So let's, you know, hopefully that just gives him a little jolt too and a little bit of a breather because of how many pitches he just threw out there that, that last inning as well. Right. Absolutely. Let's see what we're at here on time. We're right at about 50 minutes. So, uh, we'll probably go through this half inning and, uh, We'll probably sign off after that. Um, but with that being said, um, I'll, I'll ask you for a uh, prediction with how this one finishes. And, uh, you know, if it's a win and we play Oklahoma tomorrow, I'll ask for that. And if uh, you think it's a loss and we face Oklahoma State, I'll ask for that also. I truly believe the way this inning is particularly going, if we could get a a solid hit with the bases loaded, then, you know, I, I would say we win tonight. And then we've had luck against Oklahoma. We've had luck against Oklahoma State all in the regular season, not so much in the Big 12 tournament and things like that. But, you know, I, I like our chances there as well. I mean, if, if we could save Beckel, for game two, to for whatever circumstance with our starting pitching, I like us to win the second game as well. But if he's have, if we're having to dip into to Beckel this game, I don't, I don't see us, I don't see us winning this. You know, or I mean, we may win it, but I don't really like our chances in game two, not knowing that we kind of have our little security blanket in the bullpen out there. You know, yeah, because we absolutely. could throw, we could throw a a petty, or we could throw a. a a Girton potentially, you know, in game two, and then they could get you two, maybe three innings because I mean, let's just call it for what it is. I mean, that's pretty much all they've really been giving you. And then you bring in Beckel to do the long relief at like maybe four to six innings potentially. Then if you could do that, then I like your chances for game two as much as, as much as, you know, as game one. Yeah. So, uh, with that being said, Nolan Hester drew a two-out walk to walk in a run, so it's now 2 nothing Texas Tech. Um, interestingly enough here, um, and Harrelson's quickly down 0-2. Um, interestingly enough here, I, I think that... Um, I think that it all this game kind of rides on the, the next half inning. And I think, you know, if Molina could come out and firmly shut them down in a, in a low pitch, um, low stress situation. I, I, I think that I like the way that, uh, tech looks like I said, they've really made Hageman work in this, in this half inning. That's what you uh, gotta do. Yeah. And you know, the more pitches he throws now, the better, um, Oh, that was a bad call. Rung him up on a high and inside fastball. Um, <laughs> underneath the arms so uh anyway uh tech does get two runs out of it they strand the bases loaded um i believe 
Let me go look at the stats just to confirm. You may be at like 39 or 40 somewhere up in that neighborhood. So uh, got I mean, a lot I got of work that 42. So got a lot, for of, about, lot of work. Yeah. I got him for about 36 pitches that inning, which is good stuff. Um, with that being said, um, we're right at about 52 minutes, which is right in our sweet spot. Um, we're going to go ahead and sign off for tonight. Um, I am out of town for the next week. Um, so with that being said, Joe might be back next week going solo. Don't know about that. We're still in discussions about it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I have a I have a pretty big week next week, or at least yeah. just one day out of next week. I have on my shoulder surgery next Friday, so um, I'll have to deal with that next Friday and probably in through the weekend. But earlier than that, I'm sure we'll talk or yeah. I'll be out here talking about potentially how we did in the Big 12 tournament and how where we're where our potential seating is at, you know, moving forward in the NCAA tournament. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, best case scenario, uh, you know, Tech rattles off some wins, uh, gets to a regional, rattles off some wins in that regional and is advancing to a super. And and if that's the case, uh, Joe and I will both be back uh, discussing a super regional matchup. Um, and with that being said, if, if not, if uh, the season does end for the Red Raiders, um, Joe and I will be back Um probably the second week of June uh, with a season recap, uh, kind of touching on everything that happened, uh, you know, from the pitching injuries to the poor pitching performance to the great hitting performances to the, uh, you know, All-American S-type season that Gavin Cash had, um, you know, to some guys that kind of surprised us in the field. You know, I, I will say that, um, you know, just as a quick preview of that, I, I really, I really am impressed with what I've seen from some of the younger guys this year. Um, Tracer Lopez being one of them, just massive improvements as the season goes on. And it's, and it's really obvious to see. So, um, it gives good vibes for the future and, uh, you know, we'll see what we can do from there. But, um, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and sign off. Uh, this has been the Cotton Club Crew Episode 10. Big 12 Tournament Baseball uh, is now at Globe Life Field. If you are in the DFW area and can get out tomorrow to support the Red Raiders, tomorrow being Thursday the 25th, do that. Um, you know, they need all the help they can get. And so, uh, you yeah, know, we'll be around. Uh, until next time, here's to logging off.